Hello and welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV, powered by Harrington Star, global leaders in financial technology recruitment. Head over to harringtonstar.com where you'll be able to see some of the greatest jobs in financial technology recruitment across the world. You'll also be able to find a host of insight to help you grow your brand, your team, your network and your career. You can see the latest financial technology salary survey. You'll be able to download the issue of the financial technologist focusing on the appetite for disruption. And our latest top 1% workplace awards will be out at the end of this year. If you work for a company that's a great place to work in financial technology, we want to hear from you. Enjoy the show, and I'll see you soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV with me, Toby Babb, once again live here in New York at Fintech Connect North America. And today I found Ken Kreiser. Ken, how are you? Good to see you. Lovely You're to have you on the show. You're a tender This is another star of YouTube over here that I'm very pleased to have on the show today. We've been catching up and talking a little bit about what we both do, a mutual passion we found here in, in terms of talking to interesting people. I think you were about twice as, you've what, 750 odd shows now that you've- Yeah, yeah, we had 750 a couple of weeks ago when we covered a banking conference. And we've had it, we've been doing it seven or eight years now is that we make a lot of friends yeah. by talking to people and asking what their story is and learning from them and what they're working on now and promoting them. It's gotten to us a lot of places, conferences we probably wouldn't have gone to, talked to people we probably wouldn't have otherwise talked to and, and built knowledge. We're all learning. There's so much new technology that didn't exist when we started our careers that we were all learning today, whether it's FinTech or cloud computing or or so many other things, blockchain we gotta know about now. Yeah, yeah. And we're all learning how this, the basics, the fundamentals of a lot of new technology, how it's utilized and what's gonna make a difference as one of the speakers said today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of finding out a little bit more, tell us a little bit about CBSI. Yeah, CBSI, we're a 51 year old company. We're based in Harrison, New York. Founded by my boss, Bob Conti, great guy. To sell insurance and we basically got an opportunity years ago to market benefits on American credit cards, things like travel insurance programs, common carrier, lost luggage things, and then also merchandise protection, double warranting items bought on a credit card. Who knew at the time that laptop computers were going to be being bought all the time with probably one year warranty? Ahead of the so game, right? Them. <laughs> and so we've been, you know, doing that management. We work for about, we provide benefits to about 1,200 banks from community banks, credit unions, regional banks to the largest big names. Fantastic. And tell me what brought you to this here. So obviously you've got your, your kit behind our kit here. You've been talking to people on site. But what, what drew you to FinTech Connect? FinTechs are an area our clients are interested in, to especially the smaller banks. Chase and Citibank have figured it all out on their own. The smaller banks haven't. They're very concerned about what's available to them to be competitive, especially on consumer marketing. They work with core processors to an extent, but they're always looking at what services fintechs can bring, whether it's a way to enhance their processing of data within the bank or to provide a customer-facing new service. So I just was at a New York State Independent Bankers, Community Bankers meeting two weeks ago, and they're all looking at what fintechs can do for them. And we work with a group called the Independent Community Bankers of America, and they have their own fintech accelerator program. Okay. I used to be out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Now they just moved it this year to Atlanta. And so they're all looking at what fintech capabilities can make a difference for 
their community banks. Banks five billion or less. So it's learning about fintechs, meeting people. Oh, it's a great opportunity, great conference today. Absolutely. And you mentioned there the community banking piece, and we were talking about this earlier on in the day. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in, in the community banking world. The biggest thing they had this year was to say they're not regional banks. They were not part of the First Republic or Silicon Valley or Signature regional bank failures. They, they all point out those are all in the top 50 banks in the country, $100 billion on assets. These are all banks that have $5 billion or less. Many have $2 billion or maybe less than that. But they're serving local communities. And they were trying to press Congress. In fact, they made an impression on Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, who spoke at their meeting. And she said she understood community banks were not part of the regional bank failures that happened this spring. That's been the big thing on their agenda. They're looking also, obviously, at always improving their technology. Everyone's concerned about fraud. They're also concerned about what we call the underbanked segments of American yeah. society. This um, keeps on being a theme that I'm talking about in the States at the moment as well, right? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we see it in inner cities. You go to Manhattan, northern Manhattan, you may not see, you won't see as many banks there at branches as you'll see around Midtown. And then rural America, even upstate New York, where just keeping that one bank branch in a community makes a difference. Or certainly out west where the, the distances are much more vast. And there's some, you know, remedies being looked at in terms of like advanced ATM machines and kiosks and so on. But it's something that they're taking a hard look at to try to see where they can make a difference. There's some really interesting stuff around that. Now, I presume that's some of the conversations you're having on your show. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned before that you're uh, 750 episodes in. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned over that sort of period. Because I always call it my MBA, this. Yeah, I'm 300 episodes in. I'm speaking to fascinating people every single week. I'm learning a lot about how we run our business, how we go to market. I'm learning a lot about technology, the industry, financial services. And there's some themes there, some golden threads, which I'm pulling every time I'm talking to people that, that sort of regularly come up on the show. Tell me a little bit about what you've learned over 750 episodes of yeah, the YouTube sensation. I'll tell you, my first interview that I consider a business interview was with a military advisor at USAA, the big San Antonio-based yeah. military insurance company. And they always had a reputation for extraordinary customer service. That if you were eligible to buy a policy for them, you kept it for life. And actually, you passed the eligibility on to your children. And that's always been one of the themes is how to provide extraordinary customer service. And now, really, the switch has been how do you do it digitally? You know, as we got digital first. And what the pandemic told us is now a necessity and an expectation of customers. How do you change that? And, you know, how do you use now social media effectively like you do and we've had some success with? Like being at a conference like this, you're going to expand the audience of this conference, and hopefully I will, by the interviews that you do. You'll do a number, and those will get posted. We've got a couple hundred people here, but that'll get seen potentially by thousands. Exactly. And so we, we post and learn to do this on, on Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn primarily as business channels. Sometimes we use Facebook. And someone said this at the community banking conference, the young customers expect to see your institution on the channels they spend time watching. They brought up TikTok. I don't use TikTok, but a lot of people do. And so you got to be visible and making an impression on the, on the video channels that your customers and potential customers are watching. Well, it's the expectations, isn't it, about how people are meant to consume advertising, about how they're meant to consume data, about 
how easily and friction-free they want to process because of how we consume everything in our daily lives. And I think that's, that's something which I think has been a big theme of what we've heard today at FinTech Connect and how people are trying to make things more efficient for everyone to be able to, uh, to use their banking products in their everyday life, which, is, which is, I think is a great opportunity. It's, you have different types of banking products. And the only things that no one really brings up is in the U.S. is a retirement plan market. How much money people have in their retirement plans that are not in banks? Yes. And banks all, are all asking about how they increase deposits, but they don't have the retirement funds until somebody's finally accessing it. Yeah. And that's been a big, I think it's been something that doesn't get enough attention. And now we have chat GPT to figure out and doing a webinar on it on Thursday with an expert and how that can be used by digital advertising agencies. It's a great copy. I think the next time I do a webinar, I'm going to try to have the copy written by chat. Yeah, GPT. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and then you have Bard coming out. And, but then this whole thing, and the speaker from Chase brought it up but didn't bring it up. He said, you got most of the stuff that they get out of chat, GPT or the like, is good. 10% of it is terrible. And then he says, oh, we expect chat, GPT and the like to do coding for us and save us money on coding, get it done faster. And what if 10% of the coding is wrong? When I'm talking to financial services people and they look at ChatGPT, they say, it's fine if you want things to be approximately right. Yeah. And that's just not good enough in this sector at the moment. But look, with the scale of innovation, the scale of progress that we're seeing within it, it's only a matter of time until it can get to that sort of level. It's just about how right it can become, because you say there's too much nuance in it at the moment. Well, you just look at the speakers today, and they were all saying it can be helpful, but you better use a lot of caution and supervise it. So it's out of an assistant. For banking, you've used automation formats for trying to find new customers and really for identifying fraud. We did that at Chase when I worked there with name selection modeling 35 years ago. A lot of it is it's a new way of doing something that banks have been doing. It's evolution, right? Everybody's trying to find a better way to find that customer that's credit worthy that the other banks haven't found. Everybody's working the edges of the credit scores to try to figure out who is it they're missing. And again, going back to the underserved, who's not, whose data don't they have that is just not on the grid, but is credit worthy? Absolutely. Ken, look, I could be talking about this for a long time and thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Tell us how we can get in touch. Where can we find the YouTube page? How do we get in touch with you on LinkedIn? Yeah, Ken Kreiser on LinkedIn and YouTube. And again, our company is CBSI. We're in Harrison, New York. CBSIServices.com, and it's a pleasure to talk to them. Very complimented to be invited to do an interview. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Pleasure. Ken, thanks a lot. And thank you for watching. We'll see you soon on another episode of FinTech Focus TV. Thanks for now.